Hello everyone, welcome to A Little Extroverted. I am your host, Priscilla Clark, and I'm so, so, so excited that you're joining us this week. This is the big week with inauguration around the corner and today being Dr. Martin Luther King's day, I thought it would be fabulous to ask Mr. Lauro Suniga um, to join us today because uh, not only is he civically engaged, but he's also very big on community service. And I actually in college, met him and I would see him all the time volunteering at um, events that the university hosted as well as you were I believe in student government association too correct yeah yeah so you were super involved on campus and super involved in your community so I was just like hey this is the perfect person to bring on to my show to talk about inauguration week and also just community service in general So, Lauro Alberto Zuniga is the son of Mexican immigrants and a resident of Northeast Indiana. He attended the University of Texas Pan American in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas to study marketing. Go Bronx! Because it's like, go Bronx! I know they're vaqueros now, but I'm still a, a Bronx at heart. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, but I'll care. always carry Bucky in my heart. Um, attending the university in a fascinating area of the country was an experience that profoundly shaped his call to service to the Latinx community and gave him a glimpse of the benefits for continued binational cooperation between the United States and Mexico. After graduating, he co-led his internship class at the White House during the Obama administration. Afterwards, he moved back to the Hosier state to give back to a state that has given him and his family so much. Lauro currently works in education serves on the board of Latin-led nonprofit and is civically engaged throughout the state. He enjoys traveling abroad, community service, and spending time with friends and family in his free time. So welcome, Lauro. So excited to have you here. How are you doing today? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here uh, in the presence of a fellow Bronx. For those of you who don't know, that was our school mascot before it changed. Um, but I'm doing great. I think, um, you know, it's a new year. I'm excited to keep going with like the projects that I've been working on, finding new projects, supporting people like you uh, in their, uh, these awesome endeavors, you know, that are really like uh, helping like millennials, like understand the importance of chasing their dreams. And I'm just like, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So happy to well, be here. Well, thank you for being here. And you look so cozy. I saw your background is very snowy. You got a white Christmas this year. Is that yeah, like oh. um, up here in Indiana? You can see a little bit in the background. So um, but here, I came to visit my sister and she has like this sunroom. So it's like perfect for like these things. <laughs> Take advantage of the views. Like I that's will, what I, I said. <laughs> I was like, that's what I said. I have my first white gram. Christmas this year. Yeah, for the gram, for the gram, for sure. Um, it was just magical to have a white Christmas. Um, I've always wanted one, but you know, in the Valley, I mean, it's no twice, but never around Christmas. <laughs> so um, yeah, I did it for the gram too. I posted all over social media, but yeah, welcome. So glad to have you here. And I actually wanted to begin first by, by asking you, uh, what do you do for a living? And Um, and I know that you're civically involved in your community. So if you please could tell us more about that. Oh my, yeah. So I do a lot of things for a living actually. Yeah. Um, so like my full-time day job, I work in education and I'm a parent liaison at an elementary school. Mm -hmm. So basically what that is, is basically I'm the majority of the time I'm the Spanish speaking families' contact at the elementary school for whatever they may need. If they need any issues resolved or if they need to communicate something to, to some of the staff or our principal, like I'm their point of contact. So for 40 hours a week, that's what I do. And I love it so much. 
Uh, working at an elementary school really taught me the importance of working in an environment that is very positive uh, and full of hope. And I love it so much. The kiddos just make my day every day because I work in the front office. Um, and then, so like outside of work, I do a lot of really substantive things. Um, for instance, you know, um, with the Indiana Young Democrats, uh, I'm the chair of our third congressional district. So for those of you who, who know about congressional districts is that like they're blocks of like geographic blocks of, of areas yeah. <laughs> uh, that, you know, your congressional representative, um, you know, represents you in. So I'm for the third congressional district. So I'm Northeast Indiana, basically. And it's uh, 11, 12 counties. Um, and basically uh, what I do there is that I, you know, help, you know, build up the party infrastructure so that people um, know how to get engaged, typically engage. <laughs> Hi, my nephew. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, and it's um, it's really important to build up that party infrastructure because, as we've known for the past four years, a lot of people um, they have a lot of desire to get involved, but don't really know how. And I really taking that position to heart of of giving basically the people who need the most power the tools to get that power. So it's about engaging minority community, minority communities, you know, <clears throat> my vice chair. Um, I specifically tapped her to be my vice chair because she, over the summer, um, after the killing of George Floyd, um, you know, we saw this wave of like, um, you know, this civil rights movement resurging here in the United States. Um, and she herself, she made, um, her own organization in, in our local area to really fight for police reform in one of the big cities within my district. So I tapped her to be my, my vice chair because um, I'm a huge proponent of giving power to those who need it and giving them the, the access to, to the halls of power, uh, how a lot of people yeah. say. Um, and I'm just so, so excited to see the work that we'll do, you know, going forward with um, pushing legislation to to better serve uh, the residents of Northeast Indiana. And aside from that, I also sit on the board of a nonprofit uh, that gives um, academic scholarships to Latinx students here in the area. And yeah, I do, a, I actually do um, a lot more of that stuff, but that's like a brief rundown of like what my, I guess, day-to-day -day looks like, uh, you know, during the year. And when do you sleep? <laughs> Do you, no, do you get uh, to? I, yeah, I, I do. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned, um, and I, I kind of have my business education to thank for this, but also just like, you know, learning um, is that you have to learn one, how to budget your time, but also like Absolutely. how to delegate tasks and understand that you yourself can't do it all. Uh -uh. Like you have to trust <laughs> other people to, to help you do the work. And I think that's been one of the biggest learning curves that I've been in as, an, as, a, as a professional and as a, as a person is that like, it's okay, it's okay. It takes teamwork and you don't have to be involved in every aspect of everything. Like just do what you're good at and you know, what comes to fruition will come to fruition and you'll cross that bridge when you get there, you know? Yeah, so. no, and I love that you say that because a lot of times like when we take on our responsibility, we think it's our responsibility and it's all about us and you try to spread yourself too thin. And it's like, no, you're not alone in this. You have your team, like learn to delegate, learn to, you know, um, give Although, the yeah, work it, yeah i will say that i heard this phenomenal piece of advice um last november <clears throat> from a professional development series that i did it's um she was an attorney i think and she was just saying how leadership is signing up to do the majority of the work and i was just like wow <laughs> that <laughs> is for sure true but she explained that it's also like about developing as a leader and learning to delegate and stuff like that and 
it just really stuck with me, you know? And I think um, it's about, for those of us who, who, you know, we do really like to go above and beyond for, mm-hmm. you know, our college service. Um, I think it's really important to understand that like, it's okay to, you know, to delegate, to, to give, to give away, you know, <laughs> because ultimately that's what a leader should do. You know, they don't, you shouldn't hog things, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you're not alone. You, mm-hmm. you have a team that has your back too. So just don't ever feel pressure to take it all upon yourself to get it done. Um, so that's good. That's good. Um, so if you're listening, please take this to note. You're not alone. And so yeah. work as a team. Bold it, highlight it. Bold it, highlight it. Yeah. Like you can have a life outside of your extracurriculars and your job. Like if you learn to like delegate. Um, so speaking of challenges, um, 2020 was a well right for us all. And as you can imagine, uh, with election year, pandemic, the the Black Lives Matter um, situation, police brutality, um, I think that we've, it just feels like 20 years in one, <laughs> to be honest. And so I just wanted to ask you what has been the biggest lesson that you have learned this past year? Um, wow, that's a huge one. I think for me, it was just keep going at it. I think that I went through a lot of experiences that really shaped the way that I moved through the world mm-hmm. because I became more aware of my brown body <clears throat> and that that comes with its uh, privileges and also its, um, its uh, I guess, negative things. But I became more aware of that. And I think that my biggest challenge was like really internalizing that and understanding that sometimes the way you think the world is going to perceive you is not the case. You know, I think because we rightly so have been through a lot of experiences where we might have been discriminated or we might have been, you know, thought of as second for, for whatever reason, that's not always the case. And there's people that are out there that genuinely help you because they, they are there to help you. And I think for me, my biggest challenge was like overcome, overcoming that pride and saying, you know what, there are good people in the world to help me. Um, And it's been great because I think, to summarize it, I think being, I finally let myself be vulnerable. And that was a huge challenge because for me, as you know, as a Latino, as a Mexican, as a man, as a gay man, like, I mean, I can sometimes be really guarded, but I decided that this was a year, 2020 was a year to really like be vulnerable and, um, you know, take the world as it is and give the world who I am. And it's been a very interesting experience for sure. But I think that was a huge challenge in and of itself because, you know, you're guarded because you don't want to be hurt. But if you open up yourself, you know, you're, you not only like expose yourself to hurt, but also to like happiness and other, other, you know, um, feelings. So that was definitely something that I overcame. And I'm really looking forward to like, using that in 2021 because in this year because it's just um I, I shared an Instagram post the other day that it was just like exploten de amor like la vida es muy corta which is like yes road with love because life is too short and I was like one of that's part of my vision my board. motto yeah vision yeah. board for sure yeah no that's true I've I've learned that like little grudges that you hold and like little things like that you're like 
it literally, if you think about it, it's like nothing compared to like life is fleeting. Like why focus on the negative? Like try to just stay positive and move forward and go for what you want because uh, we just don't like tomorrow is not promised, as they say. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, what what do you think has been what led you to be a servant leader? I, I, I see you as a servant leader because you, you're always so involved and you're always giving back and you just care so much about the communities that you live in. Because I could see that when you live here without even knowing that you were not from the Valley. I learned that. I learned that today. You were not from the Valley. And I just saw you so committed to this community that I thought you were. Um, so what, what, where does that come from? <laughs> so we have an expression in Spanish and I'm sure you know, um, it's called La Necesidad. Uh, necessity. Um, the reason I am so driven to service is because my family has been through a lot um, economically. Um, so, like the reason I ended up in Texas for the Valley to the Valley was because my parents lost their jobs in the recession of 2009 or 2008, 2009. So we moved down to Texas because we had a family there, and we're like, you know, maybe there's like economic prospects there. So I moved my senior year of high school, one year at one one week after being crowned homecoming king. Oh, uh, yeah! <laughs> I moved my senior year of high school to Texas um, to this brand new school. I remember just like crying to my mom. I'm like, this is so unfair, blah blah blah. But um, ultimately, um, it it was for the best. Uh, not just for my parents in that immediate sense, but also like for me, because later down the road, I would understand why it was so need- necessary for me. But um, like I ended up, you know, being there, but um, as you may or may not know, the Valley is also like, uh, there's a really high poverty rate and mm-hmm. sadly my parents, their economic picture never really developed any further. So when I was in college, I, I mean, they were trying to put me through college on these like minimum wage jobs. And I was just like, Uh, we were getting by, like, just getting by, you know, but I saw people that were in um, a worse case than us. And that really drove me. And I was just like, these inequities exist because, because of someone's um, lack of knowledge of of the topic of hunger, of like food stamp use of, of all that stuff. So really, the reason I was so involved was because like, I just was looking for, for, I guess, a savior. (laughs) I guess you could say to really help me like address these these um these inequities, um, and that's honestly been what's guided me throughout since then. To be quite honest with you, is just you start to see the world for for what it is. You start to see that there's a lot of systems in place that shouldn't be because ultimately they don't help people. Yeah. Um, so that's honestly been my driving force of why um, why I do what I do because like I I've been there you know I've I've been I've been hungry you know um yeah. and, I've, and I've gone through through some things that no one should go through in the richest country in the world you know and um, yeah absolutely why I do what I do basically that's incredible I you see I have no idea of any of this <laughs> like you just carried yourself like somebody who is like very successful and like you are successful but I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes and what was pushing you to do give back to the community and so wow thanks for sharing that with us I've learned so much just from the last five minutes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you know um I love my undergrad degree I, I got it in marketing uh what does marketing do it sells you an idea it sells you a perception 
it comes out of me, you know, like I mean, yeah. <laughs> what I project to the world is ultimately not, not the case sometimes, you know, and um, just shout out to all those business majors, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. I, I would have never known if had you not shared this with me right now. Um, so what is one, uh, I guess, piece of advice that you would offer to somebody who wants to get involved in their community, whether civically, like through, you know, uh, political organizations or just like in general, other nonprofits, but they don't know how to start. Like, how did you start? Um, Google is your best friend, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> yeah. for sure. If you live in a big city, there's probably going to be like a sub chapter of some national organization, like our revolution or the Democrats or something like that. You know, if you're on the progressive side, um, if you're not, then there is too. Um, but I think that for those, so I live in a rural part of Indiana, like Indiana itself is like a Midwest state. So it's like not often thought of as like a cosmopolitan area. <laughs> but even then I live in a really real rural part of the state. So um, our, you know, county meetings for like, for instance, the Democrats, it's all older people. And it's um, uh, a lot of them typically don't really use technology that much. So like advertising isn't out there on Facebook or, or Google. But just like word of mouth too, like um, like just um, reach out to your friends, like, hey, are you involved in anything? Or like Google something like um, your county democratic chapter or something um, or whatever organization you're looking to be a part of. I think for me, the way that I got involved was super like um, kind of almost through like word of mouth. No, um, because like after, um, I did my internship at the White House. I knew that I that party politics was something that I could probably do, but I put it off for a while. So when I came back from some travels in 2018, I had gotten an email from like our, our state party, the, the Democrats, and they have um, a leadership building program called the Emerging Leaders Project, where um, they capacitate you to either work on a campaign or run for office or just work, be politically involved. So that's how I got my little foray into like state politics and stuff like that. Um, so like looking into opportunities like that, I know like, you know, Dallas, Houston, wow, you guys have so many like <laughs> opportunities. So many. Even in the Valley, like I've been seeing so many like leadership programs surge and I'm like, yes, this is what we need. Um, but honestly, Google is your best friend and networking. I can't stress the importance. I used to be like, I used to hate networking with a passion because I thought it used to be like, so a self-interested um, endeavor, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> I love networking now. I'm like 29 and I barely like know how to like the purpose of LinkedIn. Like you're supposed to connect with professionals who like want to work on the same projects as you. And I just love it. So like, I mean, if you have any, like just get out there, you know, like, I mean, just put yourself out there. Um, ¿Cómo se dice en inglés? Like, decretalo, like, manifest it to the yeah, world. Yeah, manifest it. <laughs> manifest it to the world that you, that you want to do something. Like, you know, I want to, like, register voters this year. Like, put it out into the world. And you will see, like, um, one of my favorite political mentors, she, she always stresses this, like, mantra. It's like, build it and they will come. Like, even if building something, people will come to it. Like, you know, like, you built a podcast. You're going to get phenomenal people who are going to want to be on this podcast. So it's just, like, build it and they will come, you know? Yeah, no, no and I agree because for me, this whole idea was just kind of like an, like an idea. And this whole pandemic, I was like, maybe this is my chance to jump into it. 
because I, I do get a little extra time since I'm not commuting because I'm working from home, you know, like there's like so much that I just was like, I just sleeping on it, really. I go to bed and I was like, okay, this could be my name. This could, I could do this. I could do that. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I could do it. Like, you know, like manifesting it. I was like, I'm going to, my goal is to do it by the end of the year and start it next year. And here we are. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> to me, it's crazy because I would have never imagined this. Like, this was not part of my 20, wait, 2019, what is it called? New Year's resolution, 2020 New Year's resolution. But here I am. And so, um, correct, you just manifested, put it out there and, try to form a, a plan to get there and accomplish that goal. So um, thank you. That's, that's incredible. Cause like now you, ha you got me thinking I'm about to move into a suburb. I was going to say small rural. It's very rural, but I really want to get involved. Like I, I, I've always seen Hallmark movies where, you know, like you're, you're involved in like the, with a community, like council and all that stuff. So I was like, maybe. Good. Please. <laughs> That could be a different call we can have, girl. Like, don't worry. But I think um, I'm so glad that we keep mentioning rural because if I were ever to run for office, it would definitely be in a rural area because yeah. I've grown to love them so much. And I know that my tagline is going to be like, rural communities need champions too. You know, ultimately, a lot of the, the media focus and a lot of like the rhetoric is centered around, you know, New York, Miami, uh, Houston, yes. Los Angeles. And yeah, those, I mean, the amount of people that live there, of course, we should uh, pay attention to them and they have their own issues, but rural communities need champions too. And they need to, like, people need to pay attention to them. We need, you know, access to higher, like to better Wi-Fi. We need access to our roads, you know, um, yes. our food systems. Some people live in food deserts. Some people live in places where, you know, um, maybe they don't have the medication that they need to survive, you know, so definitely, definitely. Encouraging more people to move to like the rural, rural areas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like love it because like it's just like you could still go to the city, but like you just have so much peace. I don't know. I I, I was like, am I getting old or like <laughs> I really I mean, love rural areas? It's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, like my <laughs> sister, like her house is like out in the country, so like she's surrounded by um by fields, um, and it's just so peaceful. It's like I I lived in a big city when I was younger, when I was in my twenties. Yeah. It was fun, but I don't see myself living there again. Like, al menos, like, and unless it's going to be like a super like exciting opportunity, like it's just like you change. And I mean, more power to the young twenties, to the young millennials, Gen, Gen Y, Gen Z. Gen, yeah, I was like <laughs> Gen Z, and I don't know what the next one is. Right? Alpha, but, you know? but yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like, um, I'm more of a stay away from the big city now. But, um, but yeah, you like basically right now you're talking about that. I was like. I could go to like the council and sit on the meetings and just like know what's going on around me because I live there kind of thing. So just look for opportunities on Google and go out there and find them and pursue yeah. them. So that's amazing. Thanks for sharing. I would have never thought about that. So <laughs> you see, if you're listening, don't take that for granted and just pursue your dream. Um, so tell us about your most proud accomplishment. Oh, wow. I know you have a lot. Yeah, I was like, you have a lot. Which one sticks out the most? Um, I think by default, it's like interning for Obama. I think that that itself, um, because it's an experience that keeps on giving. Um, I'm very thankful to that opportunity because 
it connected me to a wide range of professionals who, you know, if I were to want to spread an idea or get advice from, I'm part of an alumni network that is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And really like the agents of change that our country is, that are going to push our country forward. So I think at least like getting my, like my parents can say, like my son worked for a president, I think is a pretty, that's <laughs> a amazing. Pretty, yeah, it's a pretty cool, uh, cool accomplishment. But I think um, aside from that, I think just being myself, I think there's so many people, and I'll get to this um, later too. It's just like, I think so many people spend so much of their time and so much of their life, of their life, of their limited time on earth. Um, wanting to be someone else or wanting to be something that they're not. And um, that's horrible because like, there's only one you. Be the best you that you can be, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. And you can't go back and, mm-hmm. you know, change time. Like it's happened, it's done. So be authentic, be yourself. Um, wow. I mean, I, I would love for my mom to be telling my her, my neighbors and her friends like, oh, my my daughter interned for President Obama. That's pretty cool. That's really epic. That's such a good story you could pass on to, you know, like for the rest of your life. So, mm-hmm. well, congratulations on that. That's such a, a great accomplishment, especially for somebody who is like us, you know, that comes from um, a small community and, you know, like you're making it big in D.C. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of internships in D.C., I, I kind of recently saw that you shared something about um, about encouraging uh, paid internships. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could please talk to us about how you feel about that and uh, what drove you to. Yeah, I think um, Carlos, who's a, one of the co-founders of Pay Our Interns, I think he was a White House intern too. Um, and basically this movement stemmed from, he created a nonprofit called Pay Our Interns. Um, and one of his social media campaigns uh, in 2020 was, you know, to highlight our experiences um, as White House interns, how we don't get paid. And it was across administrations. It wasn't just the Obama administration. They had, um, what eventually happened was they, we signed a letter mm-hmm. encouraging um, the Biden-Harris administration to pay their interns. Um, and they had, people sign on from, I think the Trump administration, Obama, Bush, um, Bill Clinton. I mean, th- there was a lot of <laughs> administrations represented, represented in that letter. And um, it, it was basically to encourage, you know, the new administration to really, to, to pay their interns. I mean, there's really no reason why they shouldn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's pretty hard. Like, I mean, so like I touched upon earlier in the podcast about how like, you know, in South Texas, like my parents, um, they weren't the best off economically at all. So like, imagine, I think they, so they ended up moving back to Indiana my last semester of college. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated, I moved back to Indiana. And from here, that's when I went to DC. But like, even then, like we were still like saddled with like a lot of like the debt that they had accumulated uh, in South Texas. Um, because while we were there, my dad also like had cancer and all this stuff. Like it was just like this whole other ordeal. But um like imagine me like imagine the happiness that my parents felt that I was able to go to get a White House internship but also like I would be there four or five months without getting paid plus like I had never been to well no I had been to DC but I I had never looked for an apartment I had never looked for any of that so like really like out of my own ignorance like I ended up paying double for a lot of things like I mean I lived in Foggy Bottom, uh, which is right next to GW. So for those of you who know Washington, D.C., I was like, I literally would walk to the White House every day because I was so close. 
but because I didn't know, I didn't know how to ride a Metro. I didn't know, you know, like, I mean, I was looking for the easiest way and sometimes convenience has a really steep price and trust me, it does. (laughs) Um, Cause I had people living in Maryland and Virginia and I was like, how do you guys do it, man? (laughs) Um, And yeah. So like, throughout these months, like I wasn't getting paid, man. There was, there was days that I had Chipotle for dinner, like consecutively, because like there was, there was, how we say in English, like there was, how we say in Spanish, like there was, there was uh, not enough for more. You're being resourceful. Uh, yeah, I was being resourceful. Um, I think I ended up like grocery shopping too. Like you would, I would meal prep and I hate, I hate reheated food. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't eat leftovers. Um, so the letter was, is really to encourage a new administration to really pay their interns because how do, how do we expect, um, the high levels of government to reflect America if we're like literally closing the door on the people who, who, who want, who need access to, to those spaces, you know, like I was very fortunate to have like a lot of, um, economic resources because a lot of my family helped out you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody has that. So I can't imagine how many interns have turned away that opportunity because they didn't have the money. Um, so that, um, that letter was a huge stepping stone for me because like, there's like this unwritten rule in politics that you never like talk bad about the hand that feeds you but it's just like that's why we're in the situation that we're in and I've always been very much a proponent of like calling out an injustice when I see it so like I mean I signed on my name knowing fully well and capable that like you know I might be blacklisted or something you know like I might have like a reprimand for it but I was just like this isn't about me like I mean I'm good you know I have a job that I love I have projects that I love that I'm working on I live in a great area of the country I'm good. I, I mean, I did what I had to do in DC and now I'm here. And of course I would, I would move back in a heartbeat if the right opportunity were to come up. But even then it's just like, you, there's so many other components that go into that type of move versus like you're in your young twenties and you just want to get your foot in the door, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, that letter was just like, that letter in that post was just a huge, like, to me, it was just like this, I'm doing this for the people who, might not be in the right headspace to like be able to do it for themselves, you know, um, and just go at it, you know, because like, I mean, ultimately like, you know, people deserve to be paid for their labor. Yeah, so. absolutely. And also I feel like having that financial constraint also deters from like the talent pool. There's so many talented people out there that could have those positions, but they can't because they don't have the financial resources. So um, I do believe that get paid for your work like you're working you're getting the experience yeah the experience is great but um we need to survive too while we're out there so that's wow that's wonderful that you guys are doing that um and that you did that and so advocating for those that don't know that they should be advocated for and also sharing your experience because like now that you know what the cost of living in in dc is and you know like you know you're familiar with the area if anybody was seeking to move over there you're a great resource that you can pay it forward you can share your knowledge with others um so that's amazing Mm -hmm. um and then with that said talking about dc uh it's a great segue to inauguration week inauguration (laughs) yay it's been a long journey between uh voting recounts and just uh different things going on what are your thoughts on this whole election year and the process to get to here? 
And what do you want to see going forward? Well, first and foremost, what I want to see going forward is more civic education uh, happening in schools. Because I think what we saw the last four years was um, how much of our transitions to power and how much of our, what we come to know as um, American democracy relied on norms, not laws, norms. Like we had competent people who understood um, what a loss meant, who understood what the purpose of the office of the president was and how that office carries, you know, a level of dignity above anything else in the country. Um, but we saw that a lot of it relied on norms and that um, the incorrect person in that office can do a lot of damage, uh, not just to the norms, but also to the country. <laughs> um, and I think one thing that I really want to see going forward is more civic education in schools, but like focus on what democracy really means. You know, democracy means that, you know, the person with the most votes gets the, gets wins because that's, that's what true democracy is. And just um, really like a more concerted effort to reestablish like what America really is. You know, America yeah. is the land of the free, home of the brave. Um, you know, it's the beacon of, of hope in the world. You know, I, I want us to get back to that place where we, where countries look at us for, for, for guidance, for support on what, you know, a land of free individuals should look like. And um, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that I want to look, see going forward. But more ultimately, I definitely do want to see, you know, a more equitable America too. Um, I think that especially living in, in the Midwest, you see a lot of the frustrations that people have. And ultimately it's not even about a party. It's, it's just like, we're, we're frustrated that we have a Congress that is so, um, that is always in a stalemate that never pushes to make our lives better. And sometimes it's fueled by like, obviously the media, but ultimately it's, it's people just wanting to get by. It's people who, who want to like, like just make ends meet. I can't tell you how many like, senior citizens I see working in uh, fast food places because their social security just isn't enough. And that's horrible, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. So going forward with the Biden-Harris Harris administration, I do wanna see a return to, to new American values, I suppose, because I think the old ones, they really left a lot of people behind. And I wanna see a more um, considered effort to help those uh, with the least. The least resources, yeah. yeah. And also, um, what do you think about the the cabinet that the president, the president elect has chosen? It seems really diverse, and I think yeah. it's <laughs> as a Latino working in education. I let me just shout out to Dr. Cardona for being uh, nominated to be uh, education secretary. That is phenomenal, um, and I'm so proud of Joe Biden uh, for the president elect Biden <laughs> um, for really sticking to his promise of diversifying what the cabinet should look like. It should represent all of America. Um, I think it's his picks so far have been great. I haven't really researched a lot of them except like the super high level ones, mm -hmm. but um, I'm so proud of him for like, I think his communications team is majority women and also yeah. women of color, which is phenomenal. I, the communications director, or no, the press secretary, uh, Jen Saki, I got to hear her when she was a, when I was an intern at the White House and she gave like this uh, communications like um, 
presentation. Super phenomenal woman. I still remember like the anecdotes that she told me like when she was working on campaigns. It's like phenomenal. It was one of like the the reasons why like. I was like really curious to work on a presidential campaign because you hear so many cool stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and that stuff, but just um, so thankful that we have um, an Indian American, a, a black, um, you know, woman vice president. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah re- representation matters, and does, you can definitely see it. So that's good. I mean, it's definitely different than past years. So mm-hmm. excited to see what where we will head in the future with this Mm -hmm. um and yeah no thanks for sharing your thoughts i know um we're almost at inauguration and um and then we'll see where that takes us (laughs) but since you are on a little extroverted i wanted to ask you what has been the most extra thing you've ever done oh my goodness (laughs) out of all of them (laughs) Yeah, take uh, your pick. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, aside from like traveling to different countries just to like go to a specific restaurant, my goodness. Um, I would say the most extra thing that I've done is following my dreams like adamantly. Like, like when I want something, I go ahead and get it. And yeah. I'll give you three examples because these three examples always stick in my stick out of my mind. When I was in college, I had this phenomenal um, marketing professor named Dr. Paul Beretta, who's a a phenomenal mentor. Like he's just amazing. And he would always support me in like my my crazy journeys. So when I was in college, like, yes, I majored in marketing, but I ended up, I wanted to work in the music industry for a while. (laughs) Uh, Because like, I really wanted to work for Belinda, who's like this Mexican. Oh, I love Belinda. (laughs) Who's this Mexican pop singer? And like, I was just like, yes, like, how do I get into the music industry? And he was like, here's all the resources you need, like, do it. Like, I mean, I was, I was getting out there, man. Like, I was making connections and whatnot. And then I was just like, no, you know, I also want to work in the fashion industry. So I was just like, how do I work in the fashion industry? And he was also really helpful in that. But even then, I remember like applying for an internship at Chanel. Ooh. And, um, <laughs> I ended up getting an interview, and I was like there at the corporate headquarters in New York City and I totally bombed it I totally bombed it because you know like sometimes some things are not for you and um, you know but I got that experience of going to like the actual like headquarters and being in the office and I was like wow like you know um props to me you know because like I yeah world and I was just like this is what I want and I'm gonna get it and ultimately I didn't get the internship but like I would get the White House internship so you know <laughs> you uh, see something something was lined up for you and that's what you uh, didn't get <laughs> I didn't I didn't see it at the moment but something better but then also like um just like also like getting to the White House too was just like um the reason I applied to the White House was because like I was looking for like what I was saying is people to help me help the people of the valley mm-hmm. um more so on hunger and security and um I remember like my application, like they make you do like uh, different like stuff, like essays and like memos and stuff like that. And I remember talking about like food stamp usage and I'm just like um, a lot of like, a lot of people focus on the fraud, but they don't focus on the people that ultimately like it helps. Um, So I was just talking about that, but I was like really like adamant about like accessing someone to like really help me. And I mean, that that desire led me to to the White House ultimately because I wanted to help people. Yeah. And so like, 
in essence, the most extra thing that I've done was just like be myself, but also follow my dreams like unapologetically. Um, and that's extra because a lot of people don't. <laughs> and that's yeah, really no, bad. I absolutely agree with you. Like you, you sometimes are like you, people are scared to follow their dreams because they're afraid of failure. But it's like, if you don't fail, how are you supposed to learn and grow? And so like, just go for it. Like, honestly, just go for it. So like the, the, the failure of the Chanel internship, what it taught me was like go into an interview prepared. Don't ever think that, don't be cocky and don't think that you can wing something so important. So like when I had my White House internship interview, like I had all my notes, like I had typed out all my answers. I was like, this is what I can use for this question. This is what I can use for this one. And, you know, you learn from failure and that's one way that you learn and don't like sometimes look forward to failure because you're like, okay, well, if it doesn't go this way, like yeah. I'm going to know like what avenue to pursue. And it's one of those other things that, you know, you, you learn with age um, and hopefully the sooner that you learn it, the better, because it'll go better for you is just like um, tried and true methods, you know? So. Yeah. And, and sometimes people think that like, you might be a little crazy. They're like, um, are you sure about that? And it's like, yeah and if I fail it's on me I made the decision to go for it and do it and that, that brings up a really good point because it's kind of like a lot of people will try to discourage you of saying like that's too lofty of a goal like oh you can never get to the White House mm -hmm. or you can never work for NASA or you can never you know work for Chanel it's kind of like no people who work there are people just like us yeah. like they're normal people who just happen to to work at this like amazing company but like all of that is accessible and granted, obviously that there's certain ways that you can get to those places. Like ultimately it's not impossible. Like, I think that's one of the things that I've internalized the most uh, is that like, for me, nothing is impossible. Like I will find a way, you know, right. like, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great <laughs> mentality to have in some of the spaces that I find myself in. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I love that. Um, I think that it's just a matter of learning from your from your experiences and then carrying that over to the next one and continuing to grow professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. Okay, so I am extra extroverted. Get there. <laughs> so I bought this wheel that's like pretty heavy. I could actually do weights with this, <laughs> to be honest. But I created a little bit of activities. So wherever I land, that's what we're doing for the next two, three minutes. Um, right. And just FYI, if we land on the one that I'm thinking we might land, um, and we did, um, it's called, it's called Explain This Pick. And okay. um, I actually creeped on your Facebook. That's where okay. I was getting at. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll delete them from my computer fine, <laughs> once this is over. But anyways, here's the first one. Can you see my that, yeah, I can see it. That one was um, this. I was having coffee with um, one of my mentors, actually, friend and mentor. His name is Gilberto Perez, who um, he ran unopposed in a city council race. And he's the first Latino um, in his city to sit on city council. And I was having coffee with him because we were just talking about some of the plans that we had. I think that was a year ago, actually. Um, and he we were at like, he works at a, like a local college and we were at 
like um, a coffee shop there and that was a painting and um, I had recently gotten my braces off so that's why I wanted a picture oh I love it <laughs> uh, and I saw I saw that painting and I mean I love art so I was like hey Gilberto can you take this picture of me <laughs> I love it came out, so. well you look pretty good Thank you. <laughs> here's another one what was going on uh, here? <laughs> one of my favorite pictures ever. So that was when I was in uh, a volunteer on the Warren campaign for Elizabeth Warren for president. Um, and that was, she had a town hall in a city called Fort Wayne, which is like half an hour. From, no, that's like 15 minutes away from where I live. Uh -huh. um, and she was having a town hall with Chris Hayes on MSNBC. And the campaign extended an invite for me to sit in on the recording. Um, so I'm there, I'm wearing my VIP pat, like pass and whatnot, um, because I had been um, helping out with the campaign for a couple months. And um, because she was going to be here in Indiana, they're like, you know, we'd like to extend an invite to you. And that was the second time I met her that day, because I had met her in the morning, because I had volunteered for another event uh, close to home. And she recognized me the second time around. Oh, she was like, no hey, way. Hey. That's pretty and cool. Like, <laughs> I know. It was so amazing. And I'm so thankful that I have those two pictures. Um, and I just adore her. <laughs> yeah, no. And you look so official with the town hall, little, M what is it? M and yeah. MSNBC pass. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then one more. Here you go. Was this during your internship? That was, yeah. So this specific picture is actually from when the Pope uh, came to visit the White oh. House on a state visit. So um, I grew up Catholic, actually. Like, um, I'm, like, confirmed in everything. So it was a really significant, even though I'm not a practicing one, it was a really significant uh, visit for me um, on a personal level. And we got to see him. And, I mean, there I am with, like, um, I think it's, like, the program and a Holy See flag and um, a United States flag. And it was there in the, um, I forget what the part of the White House is. It like it's the, not the backyard. I was going to say the <laughs> lawn, the front lawn. <laughs> yeah, one of the lawns. Um, I should know this. But um, that was beforehand. And fun fact. So fun fact, that week there was two state visits. I believe it was the Holy See and it was um, China. And we obviously got an opportunity to be part of either one or one or the other. And then um, I remember I shattered my phone. That no! <laughs> so those pictures were not even from my phone. I had a, like a colleague take them. And um, so fun fact for that week. <laughs> of course that would happen, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course, of all time for me to lose my phone, it's that one. Oh. So. Well, luckily, you're, uh, they were able to take pictures of you. So that's awesome yeah. uh, that you were able to uh, take a glimpse of that moment. Um, so that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I'm so proud yeah. of you. That's really Thank cool. You. That's really, really <laughs> cool. All right. So finally, it is always good to pay it forward and give some extra love to the wonderful organizations out there who are working extremely hard to support our communities. I asked Lauro to submit an organization that he believes and he chose the Hispanic Leadership Coalition of Indiana. Could you let us know what this organization does and why you selected it? Yeah, so the Hispanic Leadership Coalition of Northeast Indiana, I actually sit on the board of directors for this organization. Mm -hmm. Basically, we're an organization dedicated to making higher education more accessible for Latinx students uh, in our area. Uh, so we will award 10 um, scholarships per, per year uh, to competitive applicants um, and just to help fund their, their higher education goals. And um, 
obviously I couldn't not mention them because my book would help me. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're a great organization. I think um, they're definitely an organization that this region needs. And I'm so happy to be on the board of them because we're just working on different plans on how to become more present in the community and really transform what we do for the community. Um, and it's a lot of work, but it's substantive good work um, that, you know, just like fulfills you, you know, because ultimately you know that you're helping people. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, is there any other piece of advice that you'd like to um, share with us? Um, <laughs> I guess just like underscore bold <laughs> highlight, uh, just be yourself and follow your dreams. I think we're in 2021 and I think why not make this your year? You know, why not be the year that you apply for that job or you move across the country or you date that person or like slide into those DMs? Yeah. Um, just be unapologetic. Take your shot. Yeah, take your shot. Just be unapologetically you. I think it's um, it's it's time that we like make a concerted effort to invest in ourselves. So like follow your 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 passions. You know, if your passion is like this like super niche like DJ in Berlin, you know, like follow their Instagram and <laughs> follow their work and support their work. If you believe in like, you know, healthcare for all, you know, follow that and uh, make that your fight, you know, but ultimately just like follow your heart because like, I mean, we have a very limited time on earth and just, I would, I don't want us to like be at our deathbed and not, you know, be proud of the time we spent. That's awesome. Um, I think it's all about following our dreams and just like living to the fullest because tomorrow might, might not be promised like we said earlier. And also um, you will get some great stories regardless of whether you succeed uh, or not. Like uh, your stories you take with you to heart for the rest of your life. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that with, that, it, with us. It has been a pleasure having you today on my show and I wish you so, so, so much success this new year. And for you listening, for those of you listening, remember that if you have a dream, go for it because life is boring. Why not be a little extroverted? Hey, Goodbye. Happy. Goodbye.